We're doing a microphone check. One, two, one, two. Are we ready to go? Are we ready? Are we ready? Let's do it. One, two, one, two. Let's do it. 1985, I arrived. 33 years, damn, I'm grateful I survived. We wasn't supposed to get past 25. Joke's on you, motherfucker. We are I, having returned from the highlands where I've sought out the victor to challenge him to a battle, and I return, neither victorious nor defeated, yet still earnestly fighting for justice and righteousness throughout the galaxy and Things like that. Hello, everybody. It's me, Cody. Hi. Thanks for tuning in to the inaugural episode of the podcast that will become one of the greatest, I feel. We're going to keep our sights set high here at Sarcasm Orgasm. Anyway, for those of you who are returning from the days of If You Give a Mic a Comic, may it rest in peace. My first iteration of a podcast. This, this, This time around, we're doing it a little differently. We're doing a little better. We're stepping our game up, and we're gonna be bringing you the top level talent that will agree to sit down with me. So that's what you're gonna get here It's on Sarcasm Orgasm. And it's gonna be a one-on-one show. There's not gonna be multiple people on my podcast. And I, I want that on purpose because I like one-on-one conversation. I think it's the best way to have a good conversation. Right, that's what I just said, okay. And with that being said, um, I'm not gonna sit here and waste a lot of your time with my Mark Marin WTF intro. Nobody wants to hear because we really just tune in for the actual guest, which if you're tuning in, you'll know based on the post, based on the title of this particular episode, it is my man, my dude. So happy that I finally got a chance to sit down with the venerable Raul Sanchez. And I can't tell you how excited I am for him to be the first ep- first guest on Sarcasm Orgasm because we literally, I mean, this has all come together for me over the last couple of weeks, but it's really been a, a work in progress now for probably almost a year. And that's also trying to figure out the name. And I hope you like it. And if you don't, go fuck yourself. All right? So, um, Raul, I mean, come on. The guy really needs no introduction. But I'll do it anyway. He's uh, 
he's a San Antonio-based comedian. Him and I started together, actually, at the LOL Open Mic back in 2010, when we both first started performing stand-up, um, became friends, along with a couple of other guys who will inevitably all end up being guests on the podcast probably more than once. Um, George Anthony, Josh Cabaza, and uh, those guys and I all kind of started together and uh, would hit all the mics together. And Cabaza was always hustling, doing his mics we'd all go to. And we were just pounding the pavement, having fun. I was still playing with the Hooch, my old band. And uh, we, we had a great time back in those days. I hate to say those days now, but it legitimately is now those days. It's almost a fucking decade ago. It's fucking depressing. But anyway, uh, so we were, we were, uh, we've been friends since the start. He's one of my best friends in the game. And, uh, and he also just happens to be one of the fucking best comedians I know that I'm proud to call a friend. Um, just killing it. I mean, straight killing it. One funniest person in South, or funniest in South Texas. His second year won the funniest comic in Texas. His third year was in finals of the FPIA funniest person in Austin contest. His fourth year and it's just been an ascent. He's had uh, a special on Epics. He's uh, been on the New Faces uh, showcase at Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. Uh, he lives in New York City now. Uh, so happy for him to be there. Uh, also so sad because I fucking left. <laughs> we'll probably get into that at another time because I know anybody that maybe I haven't talked to about New York, uh, which probably most of you I have that were listeners before, but I don't know. Who knows? Anybody listening, um, I'm, I'm rambling at this point. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it, uh, but I'm so excited to have him here. Um, and without further ado, let's get right into it and uh, my conversation with my very good friend and hilarious, hilarious fucking comedian, Raul Sanchez. When we first, like, so this is something interesting I've thought about recently, and I'm curious to get your take. Mm -hmm. The landscape of comedy since like we started because we've been in the game now for a minute nine years you yeah. know so we, how do you see audiences being different how do you see uh just like the social media sphere being different in terms of you know what you know gets put out there and what gets considered like i feel like it's gotten like just like the last three years just like really three years or so have really ramped up in terms of just comedians it seems like a different comedians apologizing every goddamn week for something that they offended somebody about. Uh, I mean, I know it's sure. always gone no, on. No, no, I, I, that that uh, seems like I, the worst it's um, ever been. No, no, I I, I totally un understand that. Uh, it's uh, dude, it's a fucking uh, touchy thing because I mean, when we were coming up, uh, uh, fucking 2010, right? Uh, it was just uh, whatever's funny. Yeah. You know, and then somewhere around 2014, people started going like, oh, yeah, but you can't say this. And yeah. then you go, okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. And then. I'd like, say that, yeah, two, like 2014, later, 2015. Yeah, yeah. And then six months later, people are going, oh, well, on top of that, you can't say this. Yeah. And then two months later, it's like, well, you also can't say this. Yeah. So. so it starts getting weird because I understand where people are coming from. I, I understand, like, like uh, let's be nice to each other. Let's, let's respect each other. Right. 
But it, it came to a point where, uh, like, dude, like, like I'm a, I grew up in a harsh neighborhood, and then I went to Iraq. Like, my language <laughs> is brutal. Yeah. Like, my language uh, 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 compared to what people are talking about, what's right and whatnot. Right. My language is is insane. So that was one thing that I had to deal with after uh, uh, getting out of the army and then started doing comedy where it's like, oh, shit, like people are really upset about these words that I've said since I was 14. Yeah. Not only that, but said to me. And we're talking about. The, the all we're talking about all these buzzwords now. Fag, There's a lot of gay, buzzwords. Uh, uh, cunt, gay gay now? Gay fag, gay, cunt. Dude, uh, dude, if it's uh, it's uh, if you if you say the word gay, it better be in the right context. But there's nothing like a good, well placed cunt, you know. <laughs> just a, a well timed cunt can really just liven up a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a, it's. A, it's it's definitely a showstopper. That's <laughs> if you use it wrong, dude, you know who can do, does it perfectly? I feel like, I don't know if it's just, if it's this in the whole Australians do it or just Jim Jeffries, but God, his ev- all his cunt placements in his act. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's, but maybe, I don't know, because it's, it's, it's an Australian guy saying it. Maybe it's just different. Like, he, gets, he gets like he, a pass. He gets a pass for that, it, yeah. From Americans, anyway. He gets a pass. But I don't think Australians give a shit as much as... But did did you ever uh, feel like uh, a, a pushback on? Uh, <clears throat> and if so, at what point uh, in in time, being like give a year, like where you thought like oh shit like things have changed around, dude. Um, like when I moved really to upset about this. when I moved to New York, I feel like that's when I got like this whole new world of what I, um, like just in terms of the way that they viewed straight white guys up there. I, mm. I Like, it wasn't the same here. when I, w- I mean, and, and for me, coming up in San Antonio with y'all, with you and George and Kabazza, I'm all, all y'all, like, my class, mm. I'm the only white guy in my class. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, and that's how I grew up, too, because, you know, I grew up in San Antonio, and it's predominantly Hispanic here. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I to me, I saw it as why, you know, because I, by, at the time, but now I'm like, Okay, you know, but as a white dude, it was like, um, it was kind of a soul-crushing moment to realize, like, oh, nobody wants you. Like, they don't care about your opinion because your opinion's been the dominant opinion of society for hundreds of years now mm. in this And not society. even yours, right, but, but you have to my, pay. I'm paying. You have to pay for the fact that these other motherfuckers had their voice. Exactly. Because that that's always been my thing. It's like, uh, dude, I, like when people vilify white people, it's like, dude, that's not a good thing. That's yeah. not a good thing for uh, people of color. By the way, I hate the fact that people are saying colored people. Uh-huh. I'm calling myself a colored person. <laughs> because I hate the fact that everybody's trying to get on their own. We're like, uh. horse shit, like... Don't call us yeah. colored people. I'm not. Oh, really? You but don't if we want put, that? if we switch, <laughs> yeah. Let's just fact. put let's just put the people on the front end and then move the color to the back and we're good. 
Yeah, yeah. Literally, just <laughs> like the bus. <laughs> well, that's the comedic in me, which wants to be an asshole. Where it's like, oh, we're not allowed to be colored people? Motherfucker, I'm colored. I'm a colored, I'm a colored person. And that used to be, when we were kids, because we're about, you're a year older than me, I guess. I'm 35. You're yeah, I'm about to be 34 next week. Dude, we're fucking, yeah, so, yeah. We're, we're the same age. You're class now. of 02. We're the same age. Yeah. Now. But I, I mean, when we were kids, that phrase, the phraseology, colored, I, I, it was always black people was, that's what, you know, that, like the NAACP. Yeah. And so when I heard that, and then now it's, it's branched, or it's like broadened out to be this blanket term for basically anyone that's not white, essentially. Mm. So, you know, Dude, the, here's I, the thing, white people dominate in this society <laughs> and in Russia, but in China, guess what? China, Chinese people. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you call it's Chinese. the majority of people. Uh, <laughs> Mongolians. I don't know. Fucking, uh, Dude, but I like, fucking and, love that. And yeah, so it's it, it here, though. That's what it, that's, that's what it is. So I, I, I get the, the sentiment. But it's sure. like, when it, it's just been now like three years straight. So I think, like me, I'm like, I get it. I'm out of white guilt. Like, I literally don't have any left. Yes. You know, it's like, I'm There's sorry. Nothing I can get. I, I, what do you want me to do? Dude, uh, it, and uh, I think that's, I don't want to sound stupid and hacky and go, they're draining it. But the reality is, it's like, dude, if you start calling everyone, uh, everyone that's white, <coughs> just a racist and a Nazi, it's like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Like my best a lot of my best friends are white and they're fucking cool. So yeah. when people start going like, oh, white privilege, like, uh, I'm pretty sure uh my homie Lynn is eating noodles. When that was is in the army, <laughs> like he's good now, but when we first started off, like he came up in the same horse yeah. shit that we I have We're a whole half of my family that's total white trash, lives in trailers. Like my, I have, yeah. I have that element of my family. Yeah, I have two yeah. sides. My mom's side is the like successful side, and my dad's side is total garbage. So the idea yeah. that oh, if you're white, oh, you just don't know about this hard shit. Yeah, it, it's uh, but no. You, you want to know the funny thing too, though, about that? When I say that, the supposed successful side, the ones like that are doing more stuff, mm-hmm. way more like judgmental people. My shit, like quote-unquote trash side just nice people like th- that side of my family for the most part are just generally just nice like they're not like they're they're simple but mm-hmm. you know it's like they don't need a lot and they live in pleasanton and sure. you know my dad came went to you know grew up in pleasanton went to high school in pleasanton and stuff so he left there and you know i mean not really left it's basically san antonio Dude, that, but, that, that's, that's the main thing that i that i try to preach uh to people because some uh, Hispanic or black people get on this soapbox where they're like, oh, my God, the white man, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hold on, dude. Like, my some of my best friends are white, and they're fucking struggling the way that any other human being has I to struggle. Yeah. So I, I know. <laughs> I know. And, but but here's, the, here's the thing, though. I can say that. And people would throw their politics in it, which I'm out of politics. I don't give a fuck about politics. I fucking hate everybody. What? Yeah. I, I went. I went to Afghanistan. I went to Iraq, and I cracked some skulls. 
But I don't want to deal with motherfuckers going like, oh, it's the Republicans or it's the Democrats. Don't fucking touch me with that shit because I'll fucking punch you in the mouth. Yeah, well, anyone like of your intellect or I think most comedians really, not all of them, but a, a big chunk of them are just a little bit more like kind of like they see things from the perspective of like it's all bullshit. I, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of comedians. Sure. Yeah, some yeah, are yeah. partisan. You know, you've got your, I won't name names, no, but I, you know I, what I mean? So you. Yeah, yeah. it's so, but yeah, like for me, I'm the same because I, so early on, dude, you know, I was like that, I had that angst mm-hmm. and then I kept doing it. So the things I was trying to do, because Bill Hicks was the guy that just sure, inspired yeah, yeah, yeah. me to do it. And, um, and that was what, uh, like I had, you asked me earlier to, just loop back to that. When I had started, it was like I had seen, like, I remember the first real stand-up I remember being exposed to was um, my brother had recorded on a, on a VHS, because that was, it was still VHS, and, and he, uh, on Comedy Central, uh, Dane Cook had come out with a special in, like, 99, mm-hmm. and um, uh, what's his face? The Amazing Jonathan. And I fucking love Amazing fuck. Jonathan, dude. The Amazing Jonathan. Are you serious, I, dude? I love him, motherfucker. Th- two weeks ago, I was going on a uh, Amazing Jonathan fucking yeah? vortex, dude. dude. <laughs> this probably isn't a good time to tell you, but you look like the guy who killed my parents. I'm just kidding. You, I killed my parents. Pick up your clothes. Pick up your clothes. Wrong. <laughs> dude, if anybody doesn't know who the Amazing Jonathan Google is. Google him right now. You Stop should the podcast know and because him. in your car. The Put amazing Jonathan is amazing. He's, <laughs> he's, he's fucking, dude. He's so, he, the funny thing about him, dude, is he's actually a pretty damn good magician. But he does all yeah. the gag, like, you know, tricks that are Beca- like. No, because Sometimes he magic has sounds like tape, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> dude. The, you know what it is about uh, him, uh, Jonathan? He has, he has the comedic, uh, that hole that he has to fill. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I watched a documentary about him like a month ago, and uh, I just watched it. I didn't really. Did you see I that? I started got Cody. I watched it a month ago. Is dude. it the one where uh, the beginning it plays the Carlin voicemail that Carlin had left him, dude? <laughs> yeah, dude, absolutely. Bro, I didn't realize how like fucking hard that motherfucker went. He that he was like. You know, it's like a gag that he would do coke on stage. He's like, no, that was actually coke. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> I was doing coke on stage. Yeah, I was like, God damn. And a lot of people talk about, like, a lot of comics talk about magician comedians being hacked right. and all this blah, blah, blah. And, and in a lot of ways, there, there's a lot of them that are. But and, and there are. But uh, what, what made the amazing Jonathan... It's, he felt like a stand-up that did magic. That was... That's did what magic. it was. It did, he didn't feel like yeah. a magician that does comedy. Yeah, that it it was, it, yeah that's, that's exactly what it was. It wasn't a, a magician that... That happened ventured to be into comedy. Do stand-up. It yeah. was a stand-up that happened to be a fucking magician. Really good, like, really good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. he would do outrageous shit. Like, like Dude, the, the jack-of-the-box. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, when he he keeps falls like out the bottom. Spinning. He can't take that song anymore. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah. When I love how dark he was. Dude, he's, he's a dark. His shit was dark. Yeah, so was apparently like, he, he's, he's spinning a, a jack-in-the-box thing. But it never comes out. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, I love how he's like waiting on it. And he's like, it, it, it sucks because you got to see. You really have well, to, that, wa- that's you have to watch it thing. to yeah. see that's the a timing expressions thing. he makes as he's doing it. Because he's like, 
you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and in fact, like that, uh, that let me know that I shouldn't uh, reveal it. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very that, awesome fucking joke. And, dude, there's uh, a ton of stuff that he he's just. Oh man. And as a as a grown child, like comedic magicians, if if they're on their point, I'll fucking act like a child, dude. I'll fucking clap. Bro, I just saw Louie recently, and I felt that was me. I was I was giddy because he was at the Addison Improv. What the fuck do you mean? You just saw Louis. He what, what he does that did mean? shows at the Addison Improv. You're saying Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when you say I just saw him, what like does that three, mean? Like two weeks ago, I I went to his show. Two weeks ago. Three weeks ago, maybe. Wow. Ago. No, because it was July Fourth. At, at a comedy club, and, and you sat in the comedy club. I went because the tickets the the show got announced like three days before, and it sold out, like, they went on sale, like, 10 a.m. tickets, I guess, and uh, they were gone in, like, five minutes, like, for four shows, sold out. Um, They added another show because of the demand, Um, which tells me, dude, he could have done a theater. He's, this is a PR thing. He's not, he doesn't want to ramp up his comeback to that level yet. Sure, yeah, So he's doing clubs still right now. He could have done a theater, though. He easily could have done a theater. No, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, But his PR people are probably like, hey, you want to kind of, but you work your that. way back up. Yeah, well, I went and I I didn't get a ticket, but I just went because I was like, maybe I can sneak in, you know? Maybe I maybe I can figure out a way to get in there. And I got Here's there, and the GM, Cody. well, the GM of the club comes out and he's like, were you trying to go to the show? And I was like, well, yeah, but I, I thought it was sold out. And he goes, I could probably get you in. Uh, so we ended up, I ended up getting no. in. No, I got a ticket. I paid for a ticket. I paid, but dude, I saw Louis at so the Addison Improv for forty and bucks. Actually, got for forty in bucks after it was sold out. Is that, already Is sold that what out? you're talking? I just showed up. And I, I got in. I, I bought, a, I bought a, a ticket. And you talked to a homie that, that you knew. The, uh, uh, the guy that is, the, like, the GM at Addison Improv. I've been, you know, I was in Dallas, so I was around the club a lot yeah, over the yeah. last year. And so I've, like, known him. I, I was just there last night. I did a show at Addison last night. Wow. But um, I, his name's uh, Sean, uh, whatever matters to drop a name. But he, yeah, uh, he just, like, came out, and he was, like, he saw, I was just, like, he saw that I was there. And that's how I just told him. I was, like, yeah, I wanted to see, but I, I was just... He's like, oh, okay, we had some extra seats. I guess they probably sell only so many tickets up to a point where they do leave maybe a little wiggle room that, and when it says okay, sold somebody, out, but yeah. it's not really sold out. Sure, that's yeah. probably what it was. Cause, yeah, I mean, it was. But all that point of that being was that I was giddy, dude. I was like in there, I'm like, fuck, man. And I've seen Louis in New York multiple times. Sure, I mean, never like on you sat there. in on a show. Cause you, you lived there for two years. Yeah, and you've seen half. him before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, I would see him at the cellars where I pretty much always saw him. But, um, you know, it, it just to be able to sit in an environment like Addison Improv uh, when for 40 bucks, I mean, there was no, before the pre-shit going down, like, you're never going to see him in anything other than a theater. And, mm. you know, you might pay twice that much for it. So it was, it was, and he's still, he's a god, dude. He is a grand master. He's fucking Bobby Fisher, dude. He is like... Just watching him work, you're like, he, I, I'm i not in that school that thinks he's like this evil, awful human being. I think he fucked up. He's a guy and he made a mistake and he's got some weird kinks and, yeah, of course. you know, but like to, to, and he's had a lot taken away from him already. Like, but there were people that it caused a stir in Dallas and like people were like, uh, really? Up in arms about it, like that he was getting booked. Talking about recent, recently, like there that, was that recent thing, mm-hmm, like two weeks ago. Oh shit! Three weeks ago, yeah. So, but uh, it was it was a good show. I enjoyed it. I was like, 
There, Cody, he got I, like a three-quarter standing ovation at the end. I just want to ask you this, Cody. If I ever jack off in front of somebody. Yeah. You never done and that? Then, and, then, uh, and then people go, hey, Cody, what do you know about, like, Raul? Like, apparently he's been jacking off in front of uh, all these fucking uh, fours in... Uh, in <laughs> nah, that was mean. No. Uh, if... If somebody said, "Hey, Raul's been jacking off in front of of uh, these uh, these women," right? What would I say? like? What would I say? Yeah. What would you? What would you say? Like, damn. But if somebody told you, "Listen, he asked for permission, and they they let Raul jerk off in front of him," and you also knew, like, uh, yeah. Uh, and Irma's like, "Oh shit!" Like, Raul jacked off in front of me. I mean, okay. So, and I hate this. <laughs> I should I, I should say serious. that first off that out of out of the, if we're scaling the debauchery levels of things I've seen comics do personally, that's that's not even that high up, dude. I mean that's like <laughs> mid level. So what you're saying is basically is like because I've seen some that weak shit. Like <laughs> I've seen some shit, dog. Like I know some comedians. Ain't gonna name any names. <laughs> They're fucking debaucherous pieces of shit. A lot of them. Me, myself included, and you too. <laughs> Dude, no, but I don't know, man. I, I would probably be like, uh, I just don't, I wouldn't have a comment because it, it, you're my, like, one of my fucking best homies in the game, dude. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like. I'd be like. But that's the thing, though. I'd be like. Uh, like I would never do that because, like, yeah. uh, uh, I'd be like, all, I, you know, I don't. Christianity fucked up my sexuality. Yeah. Uh, and you grew like, up Catholic, right? Huh? You grew up Catholic, or did you grow up? No, non- bro. I grew up Pentecostal Christian, oh, which is I think the most emotionally abusive. That's uh, that's surprising though. Because how many, if we were like looking at the dem- demographic of Hispanics in San Antonio, how what percentage of them are Catholic? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got to be like ni- yeah. 85, 90 percent. Yeah, so everybody. You were in that little, that small one little, little sliver yeah, yeah. of the demo. <laughs> Because everyone, Catholic. dude, I swear to God, everyone that's been a Catholic is going like, oh, yeah, they told me not to have sex before marriage. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, yeah. I had, dude, I had that guilt for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't lose my virginity until I was 19 is when I lost my virginity. Oh, my God, was, Cody. You were early compared to me. Bro, well, I mean, I, it was one of those, I don't know about you, but whenever I lost it, bro, it was kind of like. Let's just do it. Like, I, I, like I've been holding out for so long, <laughs> and I'm like, why? Just get it over with. It was almost <laughs> like this just monkey on my back that I just needed to fuck off, literally. Yeah, and, uh, and, but that's the desperation of a human being that gets it was told just, all the time, yeah. you're awful, and you shouldn't do this, and eventually you, you just go. feel bad for these yeah. natural fucking thoughts that natural you have. Natural fucking feelings, dude. and so yeah. the, your reaction was uh, completely human. Yeah, it was. It's going like, what the it, fuck, dude? I need, I need to get my dick. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was kind of just like, uh, just uh, this feeling of just like, I give, like, it's just, <laughs> fuck it. you know, like, pun intended. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So, how old were you? Dude, I was in like 20, 20s? 20, yeah, 24? Yes, dude. 25? Dude, I was like 25. Yes. Uh, 25, dude. 
Yeah. I got out of the army at 22. Mm-hmm. For two years. I was and then you're like, like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? A lot of it was your Absolutely. guilt that kept yeah. you from doing it over the years. Absolutely. I'm sure. The uh, first time, uh, the first time, a cute girl was like, "I like you." I stupidly looked over to her and like, "Yeah, I like you too." And that was it. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that she was like. Uh, seeking it in a in a in a sexual manner. Yeah. So when she told me I like you, mm-hmm. I did it like a bro kind of thing. Like, yeah, I like you too. Like I was like this far away from like nudging her in uh, her shoulder. <laughs> like, yeah, I like uh, you too. Did you wear a condom? Uh, no, I didn't. Why would <laughs> I? <laughs> my first time, I didn't. If you're gonna do it. <laughs> Do it right. She was on a pill. It's fine. <laughs> At least that's what she said. I don't know. Dude, if you're going to do it, I mean, bro. Go all the way, Well, that's bro. because I wasn't <laughs> planning to do it either. I didn't even have a condom, but I, I just got in that heat of the moment. I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm just doing it. Fuck this shit. It wasn't even about her. It was about just getting it over with. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, man. But then, you know, after that, it's like, <laughs> it's like comedy, dude, because that first set is the hardest one yes. to do. It's getting up that very first time. That's like getting over that is the hardest thing to do. That and then once anxiety. you do, exactly. Once you do, it's still hard as fuck for a yeah. long time. It still is, but um, it's that very first one that's like just getting it out of the way. And then you're like, okay, I, mm. I did it. I, I can do this. Like, I did it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so afraid and I, I got through it and I did it. Like, and I, I did it. I do it again. Yeah. yeah. And again and again. And yeah, dude. Uh, how long did you last? Uh, I couldn't even call it last. <laughs> just like, whoop! <laughs> just, yeah! Oh, dude. Uh, we're, we're no, I did, I did that Howard Dean. <laughs> I forgot about that shit. <laughs> dude, dude uh, you, you didn't come in her, though, I'm assuming, or did you? Uh, no. You, okay, I was gonna say you really went for the no, gold. No, actually, no. From what I remember, uh, I uh, I, I didn't. The first one I didn't. Uh, I I uh, I was uh, I used the condom. The mm-hmm. second one I was already like, all right, I'm probably gonna die anyway. Right. Yeah, because I, I just got out of uh, the army. Uh, yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was yeah. like, dude, I I want to die anyway. I I should. Uh, my mentality was I should have died. I should have died in Iraq anyway. I shouldn't um, be here. So when I when you say that, do you mean it like legit? Like there were some some really oh, yeah, close dude. calls, like that were like a matter of just inches of not like you know what I mean, like a game oh, of no, inches. No, no. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean it in both seconds, ways. Whatever. I mean it in, in like a literal sense. Like uh-huh. I, I heard the shots go over me going. <laughs> you hear the velocity of that bullet oh, yeah, flying dude. over. You're, 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 you're hearing the... the <laughs> oh, oh, man. I just, yeah, you hear that shit? Fuck, I did. But I also think of it in the sense of, like, uh, even if that hadn't happened, uh, part of me w- was just like, I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. Yeah. Dude. You know, but that was definitely a uh, part of it. The, uh, the, the, the humanity of it going, like, I should have already been dead anyway. What? So what's what uh? I and this may be too personal of a question, but what's that first time like that when you're in when you're over there and that first experience where you're like I'm in war? Like, what was that like? Like, 
like where I'm not a kid anymore. This is this is real man shit going on. Like, because it's like we're so oblivious as like most of society here to it. You know, some people that grow up in really tough neighborhoods experience mm-hmm. stuff to similar. No, I get but, you. But like for a guy like me, you know, white kid that grew up in the northwest side of San Antonio with you know middle just nice middle class upbringing, none of that would ever be anything I would experience. No, no, so no, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. And maybe you had experienced it before. In, uh, yeah, here, but dude, it was when I uh, when I got to Afghanistan, and uh, one of my friends got uh, killed. Uh, but before he got killed, I was coming from the chow hall, like uh, in in the in, in the base, eating, and I see a homie, uh, Jared Dennis. Uh-huh. Uh going to the chow hall, uh-huh. and he recognizes me from basic training because we were both at basic training. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, shit, Sanchez, what's up? Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, Dennis, what's going on, baby? What's up? Uh-huh. And, like, it wasn't even like uh, we stopped to talk to each other. It was like a real, like, he's going that way, I'm going this way. And we slap hands, and as we're driving away, uh, I'm going like, yeah, bro. I like, like, do your thing, baby. You know, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. And I remember the last thing I told him was like, hey, keep your head down, baby. Like, you know, do the right thing. Keep yeah. your head down. And then, like a few weeks later, he was gone. Yeah, dude, he got caught in an ambush, man. Oh. He got caught in an ambush and he got killed. I I went to high school with a guy, Tracy Willis. That he, we were like drummers together in high school. He was in. What do you band. mean, like drummers? Like, like, like in band, like we had groupings, like the woodwinds, the mm, brass, mm. and the percussion. So all the woodwinds did their rehearsals most of the time with the other woodwinds and, and the other percussion brass. And occasionally you would combine them all into the full sure, ensemble. Sure, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I was with like the drummers more yeah, so than yeah, anything. Yeah. But um, one of our homies was that was in the a drummer was uh, he joined up after high school and. Uh, I think it was the same thing. I think he was, like, on a rooftop, and he got, like, ambushed or something. But it's like, oh. bro, oh, my God, man. Like, I just, it's like, it's like, it gives me chills to just even think about, like, sure. what yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. feels like to be <clears throat> in that, in that moment. Because oh, yeah, that's not, dude. I mean, I guess it is normal in terms of, like, because this is why as I think war. As far as what humanity is capable exactly. of doing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and this is why I think warfare is always going to be a thing, man, because, on the cellular level of our bodies, our white blood cells are always fighting. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's down to our cellular level, like, as far as, like, if, like, if, if an invasive enemy comes into our body, in our immune system, our white blood cells go, all right, gather the troops. Let's, we're fucking yeah, taking this motherfucker out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on the cellular level. So, like, war is happening on... <laughs> Every level, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? Like it's it's part of humanity. Yeah. We're and that's a, a, as nice as we uh individuals can be, the reality of humanity is we're violent motherfuckers. Exactly, dude. We're violent. It's as a humanity, we're violent, dude. We have a bloodthirst, man. It's uh it, to satiate it, somebody has to get fucked up. And then we yeah. feel like justice, but in reality, there's it's not. It's just terrible. Just start, it's a terrible situation for all parties involved. It's there's yeah. not really any winner. And when you Dude, think about it's it, it's like I always said about like uh, uh, you ever uh, I've seen like uh, Star Trek 
and all that shit where, where they got like the Klingons. Mm-hmm. The Klingons are, are supposed to be like this, this warlike, uh, fucking, uh, people. But I always thought like, I think the Klingons are what we really are. Like okay. if we were to do a federation of all kinds of existences in 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 in, in uh. In the Earth, we would be the Klingons. We are the warlike uh, so I'm a, species. I, this may be blasphemy. I'm not super familiar with Star Trek. So the Klingons and are I'm like, not, in, no, in Star either. Trek, they're considered like the uh, like the brutal, like, Yeah, you well, know, Klingons are supposed to be considered the... Uh, like the, the warlords. Warlike... Of the galaxy. Of the galaxy, or... What I contend is that Klingons are basically uh, what we are. Okay. Yeah. We are human beings are warlike people. Oh. So Klingons are just a, a representation of what we really are. I mean, I just met a guy like two days ago named Abel. I'm like, your your brother. He's what an asshole he is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, how so though? His name's Abel. I'm like, that's the first murder. In history, well, obviously that's <laughs> fairy tale, but you know what I mean. Like in <laughs> in allegory, whatever. The the original murder, the yeah. original like, what was it? Jealousy. I love that song right into by Tool. Monkey killing, monkey killing, monkey over pieces of the ground. You remember that song, dude, bro? And it's so <laughs> succinct. Uh, uh, it's like give monkeys, give the monkeys a club. They Is beat that their brother down. It's on um, Ten Thousand Days. Ten Thousand Days. How they survive so misguided is a mystery. Oh, Repugnant shit. is a creature <laughs> who would squander the ability to lift an eye to heaven. Oh my God! It's fleeting time here. Dude, that's a great song. That's a great song. Oh. We used to dojo here, and you that would sit there, and you would never dojo. All of us would go, would come up and do our shit, and you'd be the only one. You would never. And I'm like, this fucking dickhead. He's like, I don't need you plebeians input <laughs> on my no. You my know what material. it was? You know what it was? It was like I I uh, I I was never as fast as uh, as like George, because like uh, George can see you do a set, and then he'll quickly go like say this and say that. Yeah, I've never had that uh, that quickness uh, of like I have to sit on a on an idea for fucking days. Yeah, and then uh, just try to uh, I don't say regurgitate, but yeah, I try to like throw it through my head so many times. Right. But uh, no, dude, I, I I've never uh, I I've never been quick. I've never been. Uh, uh, as funny as naturally, uh, naturally funny motherfuckers. Can yeah, I well, speaking of, for George, yeah, and that I think makes George. Mad. That's <laughs> George's. That's like George's style. He's definitely that kind of guy that like yeah, he's yeah, all. Yeah. He's just, you know, it's like just in the moment, will and deal, and you know, but that that goes back to what we had talked about on uh, on willful ignorance shout out. Mm. Uh, about like when I asked you what you were doing with your material, as far as like how much riffing, if you will, you would do, mm-hmm. and you're like, I just pretty much, if I do riff, it's not really a riff. It's kind of in the in the sense like you, 
maybe weren't planning to do it, but you'd yeah, already yeah. thought of it, and you're just doing it now in a moment where you think it could work, but it's like it's still written. No, you know sure. What I mean? Like I, so I, you're really, I, you're really on script for the most part. Yeah, I am. Like <laughs> I, I write a lot of uh, a lot of shit, and and uh, uh, but I, I'm always like not just respectful, but even on a certain level jealous of people like uh, like George that can just go up there and they just uh, do something off the cuff. Yeah, and but you know what though? I guarantee you, George conversely, is jealous of what your ability is, which is to be on point every time delivering. And if we're talking about getting booked, bookers want to know they can trust you. Like, they, they want to know if they put you on, they know exactly what they're getting. And yeah, when yeah. you're and a guy like you, who, you know, you're very uh, meticulous about what you write and, and how you deliver it, Mm-hmm. They know what every time they're getting the same thing consistency and consistency is the thing that matters, bro, because sure. we have everyone has a bad night at sometimes and uh, your batting average, if you will, you want it to be, you know, higher. And that's how you kind of gauge the joke. If I do a joke 10 times and it works seven or eight of those 10 times, that's a, probably a pretty good joke. Dude, comedy you know? is almost like on the same. But it is weird, yeah. It, comedy is almost on the, on the same basis of uh, uh, of baseball, where if a guy has a, a, a 200 batting average, right. that means he's only hitting two out of 10. Yeah. And yeah. that's considered good. Yeah. Well, I think I'd say 250 is considered good. Fair enough. 250 is <laughs> good. But that's still, that's a quarter of pitches that are thrown at you. Do you actually get You crack hit? them. You crack it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. But I think or at bats, I same. guess. It's at bats, I guess, not pitches straight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I guess in, in that sense, like, comedy is, is kind of, uh, it can be kind of like that. Yeah. Where dude. it's like, ah, uh, dude. I got this thing that that, that that I love, but it's only getting laughs like one quarter of the time. Right. And if you were a baseball player. That would be great. Like, Fuck, dude, one quarter of the time, man? You're I'd say nailing that shit. I'd say to be a respected comic, it's got to be eight. To be considered one of the best out there, it's got to be nine or nine point five yeah. out of ten. It has to work, like it has to be. Yeah, the expectation. And the expectation is a lot, uh, a lot higher. But you also, and I, th- I think we had talked about this, but with your uh, kind of, you've had some, you've gotten some traction with like Austin scene, for instance, with Cap City and stuff. And you're getting people coming out to see you now, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. so when that happens, you've already got the approval factor in your favor. Because if uh, a celebrity comes out, that's why when you gauge your material as, like, a Chris Rock or a Louis C.K., well, maybe not Louis, but you know what I mean. Like, you're already, you already have the favor. Whereas, like, guys like us, and, I mean, you less now than um, than I would, but... I mean, when I'm going up, nobody knows me, so it's like, prove it, bitch. Like, be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if somebody comes in, they came to see you. It's like they already like you. They want to laugh. They're they're mm-hmm. there for you. So I feel like as you get more and more of that, then it becomes maybe a little different in terms of how you could even gauge it. Because if you're gauging a cold sure, audience yeah, that doesn't yeah. know who you are, that's the truth. That is 
this is funny or it's not. Like, there's no, like, they're coming in with, like, I already liked him or I wanted to, I came out to see him. Like, it's like when your friends see you, which, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know your friends are going to laugh because they're your friends and they want to have a good time and, you know, they're coming out to see you. But, yeah. I look at it, too. Yeah. It's like your fans are kind of like friends, but, in a way. But, yeah. uh, And outside of that, which is why I always try to write new shit. Cause uh, I'm I'm always, cause I've had people uh, come up to me and be like, "Dude, we saw you last year, and we're so glad that you had new shit, because we've seen other people uh, come back and they do the same thing." Dude, it's I've already I told you this. I've already had it happen twice where I had talked when I was like driving Uber one time, and this lady. I mean, they were military, but that's obvious for obvious reasons. I mean, you're your shit resonated. That was one thing I wanted to, to say too or ask you about like um or one thing I, I thought uh and, and we can kind of wrap it up after this but mm. um in terms of I saw that bit in its infancy. I remember what bit? Uh the the firefight. Yeah. Viral bit that you did. Oh shit. I remember right. that bit in its in its birth and when it came out and then when it was raw it didn't get laughed. It was just you you knew what you wanted to do with it, but you were it was it was gonna take some time. And then this is a little we're, I'm I'm kind of revealing a secret by saying this because I don't think non comedians know this, but mixing in things that were from different maybe stories into one cohesive long story. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. do that because and I was yeah. talking to George about that too. Like you You'll take uh, a little element of one story here and a little element of another story here that and you make had into one. and yeah, cohesively yeah. make it a one long story um, where the audience feels like it was all written at once. But in reality, a part of it was written then here and part of it was written a year after that. And then it all just kind of came in together. Yeah. So that was that bit. And then, of course, Kabaza released it. It went viral. And I'm like, fucking God damn, dude. Like, yeah, I was yeah. just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, Jesus yeah, yeah, Christ. Yeah. And then I've met multiple like the the chick in the uber and then the guy uh that was cutting my hair in austin <laughs> knew who you were we were just talking comedy we were I, we got to comedy about i'm talking about Some comedy point, yeah because yeah, you know I, it's my little fucking life and so i'm I, I almost always inevitably end up talking about it with pe- to people but then he had mentioned military so of course obviously logically yeah, i said yeah, your yeah. name and then oh yeah yeah i know that oh yeah and i was like oh, man, <laughs> man, this is crazy my friends are like known now, like people. Yeah, it's, yeah man. Does I've that feel weird for you? Uh, and uh, sometimes when uh, have you when had a fans get, any that fans I get, like, don't weird know on at you? all, make you like uncomfortable, like like. No, it doesn't make me uncomfortable, but it does make me feel like it, it, it's strange uh, when somebody goes like, uh, "Hey, oh man, do you, you do that that thing?" Uh, like I heard about you like fucking a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like that makes me go like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I just met you. Yeah. And well, they go like, no, dude, I heard about you fucking a year ago, and my buddy told me about it, and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that weird like, oh shit, like yeah. I didn't know that this thing had gone that far. Yeah. Are you experiencing in New York, or uh, when you're out in the scene, out and about doing shows and shit? Like, are you meeting people where they already know you before you ever have feel like you've met them? Not necessarily that I met people that knew me before, but when uh, when things get out, mm-hmm. especially when I put it out, mm-hmm. 
they know it only because I I'm friends with a couple of people there. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, through them, that's when people uh, know about it. Yeah. And they go, oh, damn, like homies doing uh, like a thing on a higher level. Right. Than we're doing. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's, yeah, it's basically like that. It's just word of mouth kind of thing. Right. Like where people go like, oh, shit, like you're, the, you're, you're that guy that did that thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of that, uh, most but people the, just... Uh, the flip side of that coin is that y- you burned that material out now, for the most the part. I mean, you could do it, but... The coin is that I did burn that material out. Yeah. yeah, which it's... I guess if you're looking at it, it's, it's good. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's a good problem to have. But, it was, I mean, it was a great piece of material. It took, well, like, right four, now, like, uh, took like four or five years to really all completely come together for you. And then once it all did and you're like... Yeah, yeah. Just, well, right now... Uh, the the girl that's trying to manage me. I should stop saying the girl that's trying to manage me. <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> the nice business my lady. manager, Marlene, who's... Uh, Are you letting her take the reins? <sighs> Have you signed anything? She takes a lot of abuse from me in the sense of, like, I... When, I, when I'm feeling depressed and I don't want to talk to anybody... Mm-hmm. I don't talk to her at yeah. all. And she'll send me shit like, hey, like, how about uh, applying to this? Mm-hmm. And I'm just fucking cold because I'm just in my own uh, head trying to, like, like, I do it. I fucking hate myself. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do anything to do with myself because I hate myself. And... A friend I know all too well. Credit to her. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> no, but yeah, fair enough. She probably feels the same uh, way. And she's like, ugh, I hate Raul because uh, I can't pin him down uh, like in anything. Dude. Yeah, and, and but she's a sweetheart. She's a, a fucking sweetheart. She's always telling me like, you know, you can do the grenade uh, thing in Jimmy Fallon. And I'm like, I've, I've done the grenade thing I mean, clean, the thing and it doesn't work. And she's like, but also, try it. But also the thing is, is like, if you did it on Jimmy Fallon, it's probably, you probably already got, like, the, view, the viewership you've already had on it organically is already at probably levels. Because, I mean... When I when people say something went viral, it depends on the channel of which it was released. So if Fallon gets released, or if a, if a stand-up uh, routine on Fallon gets released, it's already got a base of sure. a good yeah, yeah, at yeah. least couple hundred thousand viewers that are gonna watch it no matter what. And then if they share it and spread it, then it's like it went viral. But in reality, it's like well, yeah, if it had several hundred thousand, that's what the, the crazy and, and and like impressive thing with your shit is that it wasn't that it was just like a very small no, sure, little man. thing yeah, yeah. that blew I, up. I definitely so get that. it's like I I feel like you've already gotten that level of exposure to what well and I mean maybe we get more I don't know but yeah clean working a bit out like that how it Which seems, I it seems pretty out. clean uh, it seems I, pretty I wanna, for the most part pretty clean there's a few no it's not bro that, that grenade story is not clean. What so the story ever. the base of the stories is not dirty. It's the, the no, no, verbiage. No. no, I get you. Yeah. The yeah. base of the story is not dirty at all. Right. 
but considered to like uh, uh, um, TV time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the, the when the prime prime. Uh, Just like primetime TV. Primetime TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's uh, standards and practices wouldn't like it too much. Is what you're saying? Yes, Cody. That's exactly what I'm saying. Standards and practices. You're like, I'm a veteran. (laughs) I fought for this country to fucking cuss. That's right. That's exactly what it is. It's uh, it's it's uh, but uh, I want to I want to try to play ball. Cause that we just had that conversation yeah. uh, today. Yeah. Which is like, uh, uh, dude, I, I I think if you if you did the grenade story on, on Jimmy Fallon, it'd be good. Did you uh, already like, submit to Fallon? I no, but I I, I fe- told her uh, I I told her I have tried to do the grenade bid uh, clean, mm-hmm. and it was atrocious the yeah. reaction that I got from it. Yeah. And uh, but she's told me already. And like, look, I'm I'm gonna write you a transcript of of what they will definitely like. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you have to submit it word for word. Magic. I mean, every word. And that's another good thing about you being like how you write and how you perform is that mm-hmm. that's important, especially in television, because it's sure, well, maybe not yeah. all television, but in late, you know, a network. Primetime television, absolutely, because they have you know there's that that standard that you 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 if you say one just one word one thing that's all one yeah. word. The good news too for them though is you shoot that pr- before it air. You know if they, if it if it ended up being a dirty segment, yeah. they, could, they could just cut it. But um, no, um, yeah, I mean I think I wonder if like it would work. I, I think like a Colbert. I think it could do well on a Colbert because that's like a more politically like charge but also like it's you know more american like Fallon's yeah. just kind of a goofball dude and he's like a lot of his his desk pieces and stuff are all just goofy stuff you know like the no fair but enough. i don't know maybe he, i'm wrong maybe i just feel like his audience is younger and colbert's audience is a little older that i may appreciate I that think more so. i think that's what it is you know because um like Fallon conan is I swear, my i, I want to be conan is the one i would oh yeah dude. i love conan yeah, if, it, if anything, like, like Conan. Uh, if, if I had to choose a uh, late night guy, I would be like Conan. That's that's my shit. Honestly, for me, I think it goes Conan, Kimmel, Colbert, Fallon. I, I put Fallon to me, and I'm not talking about exposure wise. I'm just talking about like what I like because mm-hmm. he's just too. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's kind of like too, the yeah. frat party of the late night shows. Colbert's. I don't like Colbert as much either. He's on my bottom part because it's just so God, like we get it. Joke about something else besides fucking Trump, dude. And Kimmel's got a pretty good mix, but Conan is just Conan. He's Conan. Conan is just uh, what I am—the weird motherfucker that yeah. does weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I. And he's like one of the the last remaining guys from like a. a an er- a previous era, like all the other guys, like Jimmy Fallon's been around for what, like a decade now. Maybe he's been the, the host Probably somewhere in there. Yeah. Colbert, less than that, 2015. Uh, Kimmel, Kimmel would be second place. So yeah, it makes sense for me, I guess, because my my list is based on how long they've been on the air. Oh, dude, I I used to watch Conan when he had his show. 
What did he have before? Uh, who was it was the him? it was the later NBC show to follow mm. the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He followed Leno for years. And I, I would rather watch Conan back then. Yeah. Like if Leno yeah, was when he, on, when he I was had, like, I, I get it. Leno's awesome. I. That was it. late late night. But my my thing was always Conan. Yeah. Like I want to see Conan do horrendous. Yeah. Crazy shit. Yeah. You know, like I, that's what I loved about it. Dude, uh, you know who I really love? He's not on either anymore. Is uh, what is he? He's a Scott. What is his name? He had a late show. It was a CBS one. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah, I I had Craig Kilborn pop in my head, but it's not Craig Kilborn. Craig. It's it's not him. It's uh. No, I he know. He always hit on his female. Homie, uh, his female. Uh, had a, uh, he had, had a robot a show on MTV. The guy had a robot uh, announcer. Uh, or a, a skeleton that he didn't actually have, like, the, I don't know, whatever. It, ah, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Right Letterman's off the air. Who gives a fuck about anything? It's all Letterman. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, man. Uh, right. I, yeah, I think it's probably, probably about time. But, uh, yeah, hey, great. man, uh, I appreciate you coming on, brother. I love all you. All right, absolutely. And thank baby. you for doing it. I've been uh, yeah. trying to get you for a minute. So oh, fuck yeah. yeah it was fun. And uh, hopefully soon again. Hell yeah, man. We're Live well, be well. Again, brother. <laughs> Alrighty, boys and girls, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Sarcasm Orgasm with my very good friend Raul Sanchez, the very intoxicated but still hilarious Raul Sanchez. Thank you so much to Raul for coming on. Um, and also, I apologize now, if you're listening, you're going to notice that the audio is coming through on both sides now, the dual, whatever you call it, audio... Uh, terminology. I'm not sure, but I know that coming through on this first episode, it was a little mixed uh, incorrectly with audio on one side, audio on the other side, but not on both ears. Now you're hearing it on both, so this is going to be how it'll be working going forward, and that was fixed. Just a little growing pains for the very first episode, but we've got that fixed. So, with that being said, stay tuned for the next episode of Sarcasm Orgasm with my boy, the DMG, the drummer Mike Gomez, very amazing multi-instrumental, but percussion primarily, uh, dr professional drummer, also friend, and also a producer of the intro to Sarcasm Orgasm, as well as uh, helped me with some of the audio stuff. So a big shout out to Mike Gomez, and I also uh, got to sit down with him and have a great conversation about music and comedy and the entertainment industry, and all that above. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, stay tuned for that one. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time around, guys. Bye.